0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.
1: It's Friday, June 18th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. A radio play produced by St. Louis Theatre Company Equally Represented Arts is set in a civil war in a country taken over by fascists but it maintains a sense of humor.
0: I don't want to make work that detracts from the truth or covers up the truth or obscures it, and I I don't think the piece does. But I, I don't think as a theater artist you can ever afford to bore your audience no matter what.
1: In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin will have more on dramatizing the resistance to fascism. St. Louis City and county and the rest of the country are commemorating Juneteenth to mark the end of slavery in the U.S., President Joe Biden signed a law making June 19th a national holiday. Many black St. Louisans want people to celebrate Juneteenth but also use the holiday to help black communities thrive. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Farrakhan Shigog remembers celebrating Juneteenth as a child in St. Louis. He learned the history behind the day, participated in community service, and celebrated Black freedom with food and fireworks. Shigog hopes that now that Juneteenth is a nationwide holiday, people will use it as a service day in the Black community and teach others about its importance. Juneteenth commemorates the day the last enslaved people were set free. Shigog says it links Black America's history with its future. When I think of Juneteenth, I think of pride. I think of honor. I think of legacy. I think of our ancestors. I think of our community. Shegog says African Americans should use today to assess what freedom means to them and continue seeking it. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis Public Safety officials say the last 51 inmates at the medium security institution have been moved out of that jail known as the workhouse. It has been the source of controversy for years. Activists and advocates say the workhouse subjected inmates to deplorable living conditions. St. Louis Interim Public Safety Director Dan Isom says officials may need to house some inmates at the workhouse still if the downtown jail becomes overcrowded.
2: If we find that conditions are such that we need additional space, we have one pod on Hall Street that has been updated and renovated that we can use for overflow.
1: Mayor Tashara Jones announced in April that the workhouse would close in her first 100 days in office. A federal jury has found a former St. Louis police officer guilty of civil rights violations for assaulting an undercover colleague he thought was a protester. Five On Your Side reports the jury in the case against Dustin Boone reached its verdict after three days of deliberations. Boone faces up to 10 years in prison The same jury could not reach a verdict in the case against Christopher Myers, who was charged with destruction of evidence. Both men were part of a group accused of beating Officer Luther Hall during anti-police brutality protests in 2017. A Central West End couple who pointed guns at protesters against police brutality last year has pleaded guilty to charges connected with the incident. Mark McCloskey pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor assault charge. His wife, Patricia, pleaded guilty to second-degree harassment Also, a misdemeanor, Mark McCloskey is a Republican candidate for U.S. Senate. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is launching a vaccine lottery to incentivize the 3 million eligible residents who have not received their COVID-19 shots. Hannah Meisel has more.
2: Though Illinois' economy has been completely open since Friday, Pritzker says the pandemic isn't really over for the 3 million Illinoisans who aren't vaccinated. Folks, this might be a lottery, but COVID-19 is not a game. In the past 24 hours, we received reports of 16 additional deaths. Adults are eligible to win $7 million in cash prizes. One lucky vaccinated Illinoisan will win $1 million in the kickoff drawing on July 8th. After that, there will be 40 separate $100,000 drawings through July and August, and then in late August, there will be two final million dollar winners. Kids 12 to 17 are eligible for $3 million worth of scholarships, split into 20 Bright Start College funds worth $150,000 each. I'm Hannah Meisel.
1: The Rise of Fascism in a Previously Free Society is the subject of a radio play that St. Louis Theater Company, Equally Represented Arts, released to streaming services this month. It's called She. Playwright Nancy Bell set the story in a radio studio as nearby rebels try to overthrow the tyrant in charge of the station and the country. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin asked Bell what inspired the story.
0: I realize now that what it's really about is um, the making of a white female fascist. And um, what creates a white female fascist um, and the ways in which um, white women are uh, taught to center their own emotions and use their emotions and use um, all of the trappings of femininity as weapons.
2: That's so interesting.
0: Did you get that at all from it? Well,
2: now that I, <laughs> now that I think about it, I mean, those, those, those elements are all are in that. I don't know if it, it occurred to me that that might have been the, the seed from which the rest of it sprang.
0: But it is inspired by um, a real historical figure named Mildred Gillers. What's her story? Well, she was known as Axis Sally. So she was a failed actress. She finds herself in Berlin right before um, World War II and ends up working for the Nazis in a radio station um, and becomes a pretty famous propagandist for them. So she would put on radio broadcasts that were um, aimed at American troops to demoralize them, encourage them to, um, to give up. And in order to gather this audience, they would go to concentration camps and get jazz musicians and put together little jazz combos from from the camps and bring them to the radio station and have them play swing music so that troops would listen. And I was just so fascinated by that. That's sort of the germ of of the piece. Mm -hmm. And this is my imagining of that. Um, But it's not really Germany. It's not really World War II. It's sort of a alternate reality. It's the last night of this epic struggle between a fascist movement and a resistance to that movement. And the city is falling and she's determined to keep broadcasting through to the very end.
2: Listening to She, it's it's not by any means a dreary experience. Yeah, there's humor. It's a lively show. It has humor. (laughs) It has music. Yeah. Um, What's the line to walk in terms of sounding some warnings about Mm -hmm. that, that are included in this dystopian environment you're creating mm-hmm. but still creating an entertaining piece that is going to pull people through it.
0: I don't want to make work that detracts from the truth or covers up the truth or ex- obscures it. And I, I don't think the piece does. But I, I don't think as a theater artist you can ever afford to bore your audience no matter what. That's like number one thing. If they're not paying attention then you can't really tell them anything or invite them to think about anything.
2: But un- underneath all that, there's there's a, a real human story here, and part of it's about family.
0: Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and about trauma, family trauma.
2: Hmm. And how that might get acted out upon or in, make its way into the world in, in some in way. In
0: political movements. <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's my thesis, that that sometimes happens. And everybody in the play is caught up in a historical event that, that they have no control over. You know, I'm always really... Interested and heartbroken to think about uh, generational trauma, mm-hmm. in terms of, I mean, in all sorts of things. There's a lot of talk about um, intergenerational racial trauma in this country that goes all the way back to slavery, uh, and also in in wars. What happens to children in wars? Mm-hmm. Um, and both both she and her brother, who is a who's a, also a character in the play, grew up in this conflict and uh, witnessed violence and experienced losses uh, based on the conflict, which then became an intimate part of their humanity, which then is acted out in the conflict. So it's sort of a self-fulfilling, violent impulse of humanity that gets dramatized over and over again.
1: That's St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin speaking with Nancy Bell, writer of the streaming radio play, She. Our David Cosares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Before wrapping up, this is the final week at St. Louis Public Radio for reporter Kayla Drake. She's done some great stuff for us, including a report from October clarifying what would happen to votes by mail in last year's election during the pandemic. In our conversation back in October, she explained one of the procedures surrounding those votes.
2: Local election authorities have established safeguards to protect your vote by mail ballot. The main one is every ballot that is touched must be reviewed by a bipartisan team. So a Democrat and a Republican are holding each other accountable.
1: Kayla's award-winning work on that story is on our website, stlpr.org. Our David Kovaluk did some great work as well on the web version of that story. We wish Kayla the best as she moves on to her next chapter. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great weekend. This has been The Gateway.
0: Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.